This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard, and alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Good day, everybody. Uh, we are back again. I hope everyone had a wonderful Easter weekend, long weekend. If For those who get the Monday off, I'm not so lucky. But um, yeah, Mitch, we had a, a pretty entertaining five days of football. I mean, we're going to have to jump all the way back to Thursday to start, uh, I guess, digging into it. But um, shall we start there and just uh, quickly run through a couple of things that by this point, feel like a distant memory, but uh, yeah, uh, Canberra blew another lead. That was fun. Um, they, they, Ricky, they did indeed. <laughs> R- R- Ricky had an all-time blow-up afterwards. Uh, basically, <laughs> call, called out the fans, those nerds on the internet that wanted Xavier Savage to oh, play first grade, too, and the media as well, of course. But uh, he's just a dumb coach doing dumb things, like picking Charles Nukaklusta at fourteen and picking Xavier Savage this week. Yeah, that was that's the best part. He went on this huge rant about how oh, Savage isn't in first grade because he does things like this stupid carry, which costs them the game. Then he picked him. So oh, I don't mate, know. It's it's we said this in the pod, podcast last week, and I think this game actually t- turned things up for a notch to the general public on Ricky's Ricky's position at at the um at the Raiders, and I think. It's. I think it's just time, and I know it took Canberra a long time to get there. I think some of the fans are coming around that it might be time because he hasn't found re- re- any energy with this playing group. But this stuff with Savage is a great example of why I think it's time because he succumbed to, as you said, media and fan pressure about Savage at fullback, which wasn't really that big pressure, but it's pressure that he'd created by playing Savage at full, Savage at fullback in trials mm. and not really fully backing chance in. And then we get to this week. He named Savage on the bench. So people then want to see him come on and he does come on and essentially he's tasked with the game's level. Chance made a few mistakes. Got I think he was what, tight calf at some point too when he goes off. So Xavier Savage has come on. Essentially, let's be honest, he's put on to win them the game. Right? So he does something dumb, trying to make have a big play happen, gets dragged out and then gets hung out to dry by his coach after the game. Like I showed you, you cop that everybody. It's like, what you, what's going on, mate? Like, firstly, nobody said that Xavier Savage should be your impact bench player, mate. It wasn't one, but like none of the t- pressure has come from that. He's like, you know, you all talk about X Factor and, you know, that, that's what happens. And, you know, you throw a guy out with 15 minutes to go. Yeah, he's going to make a dumb mistake. You haven't played fullback in first grade all season. You know, that's kind of on you. And it kind of feels like that was a convenient bit of blame for Ricky. As if that's not his, it's, it was like, it was like, it was the media's fault and it was Xavier Savage's fault, but it wasn't Ricky's fault that Xavier Savage was in that position he was in. And some other stuff Ricky's fault, mate. It's not, about. mate. Some other stuff he said about like, you know, I'm only happy with like how three or four guys are playing, all that kind of stuff. It was four or five, sorry, he said, didn't name the guy sitting next to him in Elliot Whitehead. Named, uh, said Papali had his best game of the season, said Tarpany's in career best form, said Jack Whiten's in career best form. The Jack Whiten one might be true, to be fair. He might He's be. playing really well. And Tarpany's played really well too, mate. But also Joe Tarpany, if he's in career best form, why has Ricky had games there where he's played in 43 minutes, 42 minutes, 44 mm-hmm. minutes? Like, you know, we saw him, how well he played in the All-Stars game. In the last two weeks, he played more minutes. It's there. It's, it's weird. And the thing I find really weird about Canberra right now is I actually would say that Whiten 
this wasn't his best game, but I think he's had a really good season, as you said as well there. I think Brad Schneider's really stepped up at seven. And it feels really weird to say a team's halves are playing well and the team sucks. Like they really mm. do. They're really poor across the park. And we're trying to go through, we're a quarter way in the season. We want to mention some guys we think had a good year and who's disappointed us from each team. And it's actually really hard for me to say who surprised me, stood out a lot for the Raiders. And I think it's Brad Schneider, but it's really hard to know that who's disappointed me because it's like all of them. But yeah. Ricky mostly. <laughs> yeah. Um, having Josh Drinkwater in the team and that being a detriment defensively, I think it's all, like, it is probably just a net gain to just have him in the team with what he brings in attack, right? At this point. I don't know. I mean, yeah. he was once again at fault for, like, that's somehow not the most embarrassing dummy half try they conceded in the space of a week, but still a very, very bad one to concede with Josh Starling there. But um, yeah, I don't know. He just brings some spark when they've actually got the ball. And I think that it's worth the trade off. I don't know. Have you had a big day with Josh's today? She said uh, Josh Drinkwater and Josh Starling. I just say, is there someone in your life, Josh, coming to your life recently? Well, they're both also football players. I, I know they are, but just funny because it was just both Josh. Scott Drinkwater <laughs> and Tom yeah. Starling. Apologies. I don't, know, I don't know if there's any man yeah. in your life, mate, that I didn't know yeah. about. Uh, anyway, I, I agree with you. The Drinkwater there. Uh, the Hammer was learning at fullback, and Drinkwater also has a lot of negatives, but he does help bring them points. And this is just like one of those other games the Cowboys have won, like, they actually started pretty poorly. That try, really poor from Hess and Tamalolo, that first try in drink water. But once the Raiders didn't get on top, that's it. The, the, the Cowboys have become quite good now at chipping away at teams and then capitalizing off mistakes. And they did that again in this game. They waited for mm. mistakes. They capitalized. And yeah, that's just who they are. And it seems to be they'll be the team that like probably finishes like 12th or something from just beating all the other bad teams, the Cowboys. Mm. And uh, the, the Raiders, mate, I, I don't know how far they're going to plummet. But no, it, yeah, this guy's floors the limit. It is, it is. And Tamalolo's mate, he's really had a bounce back this year now with the, the rules obviously good. adjusting how the game's been going. But he's leading the competition in, in post contact meters now, as we, we'd always expect him to be at the top of that list. And whilst he's not leading the running meters tally, he's he's second and forwards behind RCJ by one meter. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he's been. Well, I mean, if, if he got to catch kick returns and run back 30 meters untouched, he'd probably be pretty close. Number one. So. Yeah, he would be. Um, yeah. You, yeah, we, we, disappointing as. yeah, uh, we're not going to dig too deep into every single game, but we did before we started recording each write down a guy that's impressed and not impressed us for each team. So we might just do the two teams of each game as we run through them. So for the Cowboys, Mitch, I think Tom Dearden is someone, I mean, I could have gone with Jeremiah Nana or Tamalolo, as you've mm. said, he bounced back nicely, but Tom Dearden, it shocked me with how well he's played in a couple of these games. Well, he hasn't shocked me. But I was going to say, Dearden's the same guy I had written down as well because we didn't really know what he, the role was going to be when he went there. And he's been probably the, the best of their spine players so far this season. And mm. he hasn't been a standout. And that's probably what's the raps on him was that he was going to be something special. You know, and I don't know if he's going to, ever going to be something special, but he's been pretty good in every game. And that's pretty what's what, they, what they're asking for him. He's, he's, he's been pretty handy in the halves there. And I, I do think... He's been one of the better players, but he's definitely surprised. I'm not surprised by or most impressed because I like I was big on Nana and so are you. Yeah. So whilst he's doing really good and he probably is everyone's most impressive, it's like, no, I kind of thought that we, was we the thought he was and, gonna be good. And, and Tamalola, to be honest, Tamalola. to be honest, Nana was really bad in this game. He did yeah, score he, a try. There, there was, was really bad. And there was that game last week where he gave was it this week or it's been so long. Was it this week or last week he gave away four penalties? Four penalties in the game? first half this in this game, game? Yeah, only yeah, five this runs. Game. Yep. 
So I have no idea because it's, it's been almost <laughs> a week. So I've lost all concept of time. Yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and disappointing. Just because it didn't really go as well at fullback, I was hoping I put fast guy, but you know, he's got plenty of time to get better. So whatever. That's, well, that's good. We both have the exact same two. We oh. didn't speak about these at all before the we game. We didn't. At not one of them. And mine is, is the hammer as well. I expected him to step up more at fullback. Yes, he's been injured, but he wasn't very yeah. impressive in those early games either. And the other guy I think most impressive has been Val Holmes, by the way, at center. Hmm. But yeah, it's, he's a lot better there. Uh, for the Raiders, I mean, not surprising to most people, but for me, Jack Whiten has been fantastic, which, you know, in a lot in the, in the Jack White and Cody Walker feud, which you have to pick a side on, um, that hurts me to admit, but he's mm. been fantastic. And yeah, I got Chance on the other side. He just really hasn't looked very good this year. And as evidenced by the fact that he's been put in the 14 jersey this week. Yeah, I'd be most impressed by Brad Schneider just because he wasn't supposed mm. to be in that jersey in round one. And I'm actually not sure if if Schneider keeps playing this level of football in, say, six or eight weeks whenever Fogarty's fit. I'm not sure I'd make the switch back. Yeah. So I've been really impressed by him, which is just bizarre, as we said, in team playing so poorly that the halves have been impressive. Mm. And, yeah, Chance has been, you know, it's, he's one of the most disappointing players of the season. Mate. A couple of years ago, he's rated as one of the best fullbacks in the conference. We had him. We were, we were putting him in our top – like, we were saying he was flirting with six, the top yeah. five. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know. And he's come back. And, and he was always an effort areas guy. Mm. And fitness and good, you know, really good diffusing kicks, really good organized defense, and that stuff's fallen away. And once he starts losing that, like he never was an impressive ball carrier or a great, you know, he didn't really set up many tries. And he's now seems to be without confidence and now is in the 14. Mm. Yeah, I hate to see it. Um, good Friday. Uh, Souths were behind before that cheat. Gerard Sutton took over the game and handed yep. the victory to the Rabbitohs, as we know. Um, I was losing my I was losing my mind in the first twenty minutes watching the Bulldogs be five meters offside every time Souths were attacking and just getting a six again on tackle one. It was like playing in last year again. I was just like, "What is the point of this?" And then mercifully, we actually got something out of it with the Sindin. And typically, people lost their goddamn minds about it, even though after the game, Josh Jackson was asked about it and said, "Oh yeah, the ref warned us to stop giving away penalties and six against," and then we. Then we did. We didn't. We did not. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they did them for like, if you, it wasn't exactly for that little period. As you mentioned yeah, there, they gave, away, they gave away shitloads in that first 20 odd minutes. Like they only gave, it was like, what, the first 10 minutes they gave away one offside, three infringements in the first 10 minutes. And there was a little break of possession. They scored, whatever. Then you guys get the ball back and they gave away two infringements. Two penalties and then two penalties. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and, and, and it's then, just, uh, yeah, that's it. That to, I, I will say this though, because I was talking to Josh, one of our patrons about this earlier today. He's a dogs fan and he was a bit mad about it. And I, I, I agree with his perception that what happened to the Bulldogs in regards to getting a Simbin in the situation mm-hmm. might not happen to Penrith or Melbourne in the exact same scenario. I actually do see his point with that. It just does not matter. Yeah, yeah, he's right. It doesn't, but at the same time, I can absolutely see why it was done in this case. Because as I, as you just ran off the stats there, like they were just giving away as many infringements as they could to stop Souths from getting on a roll. They gave away eight penalties and nine six agains. Mm. That's a lot. Like a lot yeah. of the games this year won't have eight penalties six agains combined from both teams in them. You know, yeah. and that's someone. Um, and they, as you said, a lot of it was infringing on purpose and pushing up, but. 
I do tend to agree, and I'm not trying to like. I know it's been a bit more of the discourse now, last couple of weeks, and even Annesley's commented on it. Like, no one. I'm not saying, and I know the Bulldogs fans are going nuts. I'm not saying the Bulldogs lost the game because of that. Like, come no. on, you know. And I'm just, I just don't believe that those same rules are applied to the no, teams. no, nor do I. I. Like, if this is the exact same game, but it's round one, and we play Melbourne, and they cheat in the exact same way, there's no way in the world. Who was who? Jeremy Mastry. Uh, there's no way in the world Harry Grant gets sent to the Sydney. No Mate, way on earth. And it's more, it's, for mine, honestly, it's more, and it's a, some, and I might be wrong, but for me, it's a subconscious fear that the referee mm. doesn't want to decide a a, a Melbourne a, a Melbourne South game yep. by giving yep. a Sindin in that game. And you know, the Melbourne players have been Sindin this year for foul play. It does happen and read infringements, but. It just feels They're like, like blatant, blatant ones. Like the Moreau yeah. one against Souths, he had no option really. Like yeah. no one argued that one. But in this case, yeah, look, yeah, look, they were they were asking for it. But and look, classic Souths being flat track bullies mm-hmm. uh, didn't let the Bulldogs touch the ball in the ten minutes where they had an extra man. Uh, turned yeah. a what was a six nil deficit into an eighteen six lead. Um, never really looked back at that point. Um, the Brett Naden no try was hilarious because like of all the decisions to cause like absolute pandemonium on the internet you and i could not believe it was this one which to us seemed like a very clear no try and you had the oh they're just looking for excuses not to give tries but like yeah i'd say a knock on is a pretty good reason to not give i mean and a very clear one it wasn't like a he dropped it into the guy in front of him (laughs) and that's just it it was very clear and i know people obviously wanted the bulldogs get the water to try to make the game more interesting but it was just one of the weirdest blow-ups I've seen in that because it was there was no debate. It was yep. not a try. People just were like upset that they got taken. Like they weren't upset that the call was wrong. They were upset it was taken away. Yeah. And the, <laughs> the 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 bugger didn't have a great like the 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 decision on the Alex Johnson try in the first. That was the latest I've ever seen a bunk. Like nine went to a commercial break after the try, and mm. we came back, and then as. Tafts lining up the kick. Suddenly they were like, oh, hang on. We gotta look at this. And that was the right call. He was offside. But um, yeah, why did that take two and a half minutes to look at? I have no idea. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it's weird sometimes with that. Or have we seen some this year when and I I believe the broadcasters got it wrong because I like even the NRL. Oh yeah, they popped up the little try confirmed and then they've looked at it and taken it away. Like the NLW Um, final, I did that, but actually like nine didn't put up try confirmed, only uh Fox did. So I guess they're getting it wrong. Um, Cody Walker but, got his first try assist of the year, so cop that haters. Um, there you go. Alex Johnson's too close to uh, Ken Irvine, cop that haters. Um, Damien Cook's got a hat trick, cop that haters. So there's a lot of haters copping a lot of it in this game. Um, well, and a very Cook. timely, very timely performance from Damien Cook, who's got who played well last week as well, and mm. has for the first time since he was in that position got someone breathing down his neck to take his number nine spot for Australia. We know Mal likes his incumbents and it wouldn't shock me to see both DCE and Cook still in those positions at the end of the season. But yeah, Cook's played really, really well the last couple of weeks. He's definitely answering that challenge that Harry Grant is bringing. And do I think Harry Grant's playing better than Damon Cook right now? Yes, of course I do. But do I think he's playing so much better that he could, that he at the moment would unseat Damon Cook in that team? I No, I don't. So yeah, I don't know I if I'm being biased there, but I think that's probably long time to go between there. The one that's yeah. hilarious is if, if DCE keeps his job because clear is in better than him for like three years. Yeah, like, it's been a long time now. But the last like month, DCE has probably been better. Clear's had a couple of quiet games. He was yeah, awesome he in has. this game, but um yeah, yeah, but in that instance, it's like that guy clearly has been the better player for a number of years. <laughs> it's been like, quite a while. The one for better than Grant, but 
Obviously, everyone knows I'm a Harry Grant fan, so I'm siding with Grant there. But if you're a South fan, you're really happy with the response. He's been great. He's been really, really good. Um, like it was uh, that he got benched in that storm game and mm. he's responded really well since then. Pretty yes, much. good coaching from JD. Um, yeah, for me, South's I think most impressive player in terms of surprise. I'm not surprised Cam Murray's continued to be the best forward of the world because he is. I'm not surprised that Damien Cook's playing well, but I am surprised that Jai Arrow is playing as well as he is. He's been even in some games where Cam Murray's played like the best forward that Souths have had. So I think Jaira has been absolutely awesome for Souths. Even Liam Knight was good in this game, but um, yeah, Jaira I think has shocked me with how good he's been. We all knew he was a good player, but he's been, I think great for Souths. Um, and on the other end of the spectrum, I think there's really only one name you can put here and that's mm-hmm. Cody Walker, who has really, really struggled to start the season. As I just said, his first try assist of the year coming in round six against the Bulldogs is not great. Um, and maybe it's still some demons from the grand final. Maybe it's missing Adam Reynolds, but whatever it is, he has he has not been himself this first month of the year. Yeah, I mean, nothing more to add to that really. With with Cody Walker, I agree with him. He's been the most unimpressive South player, or the you know the one shocked you with the poor form. The one I'd say I would go Murray, but I'm actually going to go Liam Knight. Yeah, the last couple of weeks, like you know, he had 200 meters this weekend. I know it's only two Dalian points. Day, two Dalian points. But he's like you know he's been back on the top side since the Roosters game. I think he's been pretty good off the bench in that period and. Considering you're not really getting what you were out of mm. guys like Tom Burgess and Totola is still solid, but South in the first couple of rounds of the season, we're actually screaming out for someone to come off that bench and make yeah. a difference. And I think, and especially Knight's with Mark Nichols really hurt job. as well, he stepped up nicely. Yeah, and like clockwork, though, you can't have Liam Knight playing good football without an off-field scandal. So sure enough, this story over the yeah, weekend that God. the dumbest man in the world let a staffy off its leash at a communal dog park and then did a runner when the staffy mauled some poor small dog yeah and then jaya is getting the blame for it jaya who was yeah. in hospital. it's a shocking it's really awful stuff and it just uh i don't want to get too into this because like you know i'm sure some people who listen to the show like staffies but i just have no idea why they're not banned i really don't like and, and we'll go oh, there's no such thing as bad dogs only bad owners it's like no there actually is like the idea of like a pickles or a link mauling a dog I can't even imagine it in my brain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, whereas it seems like every other week we're reading about a staffy mauling another dog or a kid or someone. I don't know. I don't know. No. I, I agree, mate. I agree. Uh, Bulldogs? <laughs> Dude, this is... I mean, we thought this they was were going hard. to be the Spooners. We thought they were going to be the Spooners. We did. Mm. We stuck with that. A lot of people didn't. I think I had the 15th, really actually, difficult. But yeah. Um, I have the Spooner, but yeah. Right. I... Look, I don't think... Either of their, I wouldn't say Matt Burton's been disappointing, nor would I say the Fox has been disappointing, but you do kind of want want a little bit more from them, especially Mm -hmm. Fox. Like he got his first try of the year in this game, and it was just completely, it was, you know, it was off the back of South completely fucking up a kick with two minutes to go in a game they'd already sewn up. But like, I, I know he's a winger, and I know that a lot of wing play is conducive to what everyone else is doing around you and inside you and all that. But Mate, you're you're the marquee man. You're the you're the bloke that's getting songs written about you. You're the you're the you're the bloke on big money. Like, go looking for the ball a bit more. You know what I mean? Yeah, I went, like, it's hard for me. I think they've all been pretty unimpressive. So <laughs> yeah, I it was it, I, I, honestly, I, I haven't got an answer. Neither did I. Like, you know, some guy. I think like Paul Vaughan's been okay, but whatever. And like, 
You know, it's been okay no, in his two. You know, it's been okay in his two games. Kyle Flanagan been all right. He had yeah, some he really been. nice. He had a couple of really nice touches. He had a really nice ball for the Bulldogs' first try in this game, and the kick he put through on the Naden no try, which Naden bombed, was also really nice. So he's had some yeah. good touches. So good on you, Kyle. I thought Braden Burns was pretty solid the first three. He started games. to really fall off the last couple. Yeah, of games. he just hasn't. Mate, yeah. we've seen he hasn't got it. Like with the South, mate, it's been really hard for him to stay in form, mm. fit and firing for a long period of time, and it, he's kind of faded away. But and got injured in this game, and then you look at the rest of the guys. Like, mate, I don't know where to start. Like, disappointed the most. And again, like I expected nothing from Matt Dufty, but he's probably done less than nothing. Like, I didn't think he should be in the league anyway. What's Corey? Al- what's Corey Allen got to do to get back in this team? Yeah, ridiculous. Especially with Origin Duffy, hero. Dufty was a one-year deal. Mm. Especially with that, like they're not really committed to him. I don't think they're going to extend him. I'm quite surprised he still gets that run, considering and- some of the other changes they've made there. And your your man Pangai is not doing a whole lot either when he's on the field. So no, he's I um I, yeah he he's not really got a lot of um punch in his I, carries currently. I feel like he's the kind of guy that feeds off good energy around him. Like if the team is going well, he goes better. And obviously they're not going well, and he's kind of I guess down in the dumps a little bit. He's he's one of those ones, mate. Even at Brisbane, it was like. Oh, but so when really Brisbane better. had a when when Brisbane had a big game and there were big moments, he stepped up. Yeah. And he, it just feels like he player. was he was worse when everyone's heads were down and they were just losing by twenty or thirty. And since that's every week at the Bulldogs now, then it's just it's been more of that. What I what I found with Pango, mate, is that his best games, most of his best games were at second row, but also most of his most average games were there. You know, like the games where you just and that's where he is at the Bulldogs. I actually prefer him as a you know, it's hard. He's one of those guys that he's always we always go, oh, I prefer him on the edge or in the middle or similar. But when you start seeing him on eighty minutes on the edge week to week. You just you lose that impact of him playing that full pit, full game, and his defense kind of falls away. And that right edge against you guys, like I've no idea what they were doing with like Flano, Pangai, Avarillo, and uh, Naden. Half though they weren't even numbered up. Half the tries you guys could score, they just weren't. They were like they, were, they had the same numbers as you, and they were nowhere. It was really um, bad. He, they're certainly not getting their money worth out of him. Obviously, I still think it's a good player in there, and he's had he, you know had some oh, yeah. moments this year. But I don't know. I just. I like him in the middle a bit more, or I like him. Don't play him eighty minutes, mm. as you said, because mate, he's he, he definitely has always been a bit more of a big moment player, and he's gone missing in in games that don't you know matter yeah. as much to him or tantalise him as much. But it, yeah. the one thing I guess they're getting out of him is he hasn't done much stupid shit either, which also comes with the the bigger games. Like he hasn't got himself suspended yet, hasn't done a lot of dumb stuff. But but it's very hard to get suspended, which we'll come on to in our next game. But like, yeah, uh, do you want to go to that next game? Yes, I guess. Well, mate, All I right. have like a million notes on this game. Well, not this game, yeah. on this fucking stupid football club. Okay, so before you go on your rant, we, we we just segued into it, so we may as well. It is very hard to get suspended if your name is Nathan Cleary and you nearly break someone's leg. Yeah, um, like if you're a half in general, but Nathan Cleary particularly. I'm sorry, but I like Nathan Cleary. I respect the Panthers. It's absolute bullshit that he didn't get suspended. That was, I know he apologized. I know he didn't mean it, but that, that, that doesn't matter. And the way Billy Walter's leg folded, like he could have easily had a serious injury. And I think if he did get a serious injury, clearly would have got so suspended. silly about it though, mate. That's like, I, I understand injuries. We know they now play a part. Yeah. But it, it really you get over. Well, like, it's like if, if Hayes Dunster had been fine and Billy Walters yeah. had been out for the season, though, but I think both of those charges would have been very yeah. different. 
Yeah, so, and, the, and the Cleary one, like we didn't even it didn't even happen. We didn't even notice it instantly. But when you watch it on replay, mate, like I understand, you know, you say intent, whatever, whatever. He put his leg through the other guy's knee and then folded him down, Billy Walters. Mm. And lucky he hasn't turned out hurt. And I don't want to see the bitching out all the suspension stuff all the time, whatever. But they made the, the grading system simpler this year. So you could literally look, go grade one and go down the sheet and make them more comparable. Yeah. Than Zach, Lomax, right. Zach Lomax got the same punishment for being a bit of a dickhead after a try. Yes, and I understand Stephen Crichton got a fine last year for being a dickhead after a try. Different system and also doesn't mean Cleary shouldn't have been suspended. They're both yeah. stupid that Crichton and them got uh, the same amount. And, which it's... And, it, it's also a shame because he was. This was his best game of the season. He was brilliant in this game at periods. Um, he had yeah. some really nice touches, some really good kicks, really nice try assists. That that one he drilled low across to the winger that was fantastic. Um, they're really good. Uh, before you get into your Broncos rant, let's do our Panthers. Uh, I know he's great, but Isaiah Yo has just gone to another level for me. I think that at the start of the year, people debated between maybe three or four lock forwards to be the best, and I think that he and Murray have elevated themselves ahead of everybody else. Over this first five or six weeks, I think he's been great. Um, don't know if it's surprising because he's an awesome player, but I mean, even by his standards, I think he's been fantastic. Um, obviously, I didn't say Isaac Targo because I figured you would. Um, did you say Isaac Targo? I did. I did, but I also think they're getting really good footy out of um, Scott Sorensen randomly. Yeah, he was, he was the was other one here. I thought about writing down. And he was amazing in this game. And then even mm. like Taylor May, who's come in for, for Brian Toy, obviously we heard a lot about Taylor May, but he's... Filled, mm. filled in admirably and probably takes Charlie Staines' job next week or the week out, whenever it's about or next week, whenever he's back. But it's pretty easy to be impressed by Penrith players. You can probably I didn't have any I didn't have any negatives. I mean, <laughs> even Charlie Staines is playing better footy. Yeah. You know, like I thought about like you. I mean, if you want to be like, I don't know if Appy's been as good as he was last year, if you want to nitpick, but yeah. like he's still been good. Bri- uh Jerome Lawyer's still been good. Yeah. Um has been good. Either, mate. Cleary wasn't as Cleary had a couple of quiet games, but he's still been great. Like, yeah, I didn't have any. So and they've had a lot right. of guys step up, step up in the absence of other players. Oh, they lost some good players over the offseason. They lost Matt Burton and the Dally yeah. M center of the year last year, wasn't he? And it, and they looked yeah. Isaac Tiger's been like just as good. Um, all right. Uh what do you got on your beloved Brisbane Broncos? <sighs> okay, well, <laughs> this this footy game, mate, like this again, I knew they were gonna lose this game. Everyone did, and it's just the same old shit, mate. They're like they hung in it for like 40 minutes. And when they're in that game, like, again, I thought Adam Reynolds played really well. I don't know about you, but I did. And in the end of the game, in the balance, they go, okay, but you just know the mistakes are coming and the stupid shit's coming, they're going to lose. And it happened in this game, mate. Like, the, the Symbian, which said two players got binned, right? But you, it looked like Penrith had a player added. We got one taken after that, hey. Yeah, it was weird. Like, you, you could make the argument when that happened that, like, actually it was worse for Penrith since they lost a spine player and you only lost a forward. But uh, it didn't look that way afterwards. It didn't. And we were always going to lose going in with the cattle we went into this game with half our forward pack out and similar. But they just fucking rolled over again, mate. And, like, I just had a gut full of that. And on, on before half time, like, the one guy, oh, I'm, I'm going to focus on Jordan Ricky quickly. Like, you can just, there's so many games in the last year or two. He hasn't been at one of our worst four or five players very often. But in these games that we're in closely, it always seems like he's the pressure point that explodes. Like in defense, he's the one like if the game's in the balance, we're going well, he's the one that makes a defensive mistake that opens games up. And there's been a few examples last year, like happened against your, your, uh, South towards the end of the game, happened against the Tigers when we were, le- when we were leading that game and they ended up beating us by like 20 odd, happened against Penrith last year, happened against the Roosters last year and happened against Panthers in this game. And it's all these games within rather, even on the scoreboard at the end of the half or 
we're ahead on the scoreboard at the end of either half versus second half. And Jordan Ricky cracks and he's not good enough to put up with for that four. Like since he's debuted, right? So he's played 28 games of first grade now. He's only cracked 100 meters twice in his entire career. He's only has four tries and five line breaks. He had neither of those this year. He's only broken two tackles all this season. He's missed 13. He's only broken 30 tackles in his entire career, and he's missed 55. He averages 62 run meters for his whole career and is averaging 42 meters a game this year. It's a fucking, he's playing 80 minutes a game, mate. 42 meters a game, and there's no pressure on him, right? For context, right, Ewan Aiken has played 12 games in the back row in the last two years. He's broken 35 tackles in 12 games compared to Ricky's 37 in 28 career games. He's missed 22. He scored six tries. He's got more tries in 12 games than Ricky has. He averaged 105 metres a game. He has six games of the 100 metres. And that's including a game that averaged when he only played 13 minutes. You and fucking Aitken, mate. We're comparing him. I'm comparing him to there. Like people, he's a meme. And, and Jordan Ricky, because he's not like near the top of anyone of our issues, we don't talk about him. But like since he's debuted in the back row, the only back row was to play over 60 minutes a game to average less meters than Jordan Ricky, a Mitchell Dunn, who averages three less meters a game than Ricky. And he's already was out of the edge rotation at the, at the Cowboys and now out for the season. And the other one is Kevin Proctor, who averages four less meters than Jordan Ricky. Who again, everyone laughed at how bad Kevin Proctor has been the last couple of years. You know, and then this whole season, mate, like he only has 212 meters the entire season. Hey, how many games has he played? Five games. That's 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 five games. That's forty something meters a game. Yes, 42 he has two hundred twelve meters for the entire season, mate. And then you add in like, Kirk yeah. Capewell, who has two hundred sixty eight meters for the season. You put them together, so obviously they're both last and second last in terms of meters per game for back rowers. You put them together, you get four hundred eighty meters for the season, which would be good for seventeenth as one back rower this comp this year to be the seventeenth place back rower in meters gained. It's, it's terrible. And that's one of the many issues. Like another one's like, mate, like Jake Turpin, for example, like, and he's injured or dropped, but didn't run the ball at all this weekend. Not once against, against uh, the Panthers has 122 meters for the season at a dummy half for the season. Like Danny Levi, who we all agree is good enough for NRL football, started two games with the Broncos last year, had 122 meters. Jake Turpin right. starting dummy half, 122 meters. For the whole year. Like, Damien Cook could do that in his sleep, mate, if you wanted to do that. Then you wonder why, like, there's a couple of guys who don't do their job and you want to get more pressure on the good players. And then when you have a few things, like, if Capo and Ricky aren't making meters and then Turpin aren't making meters, and then, like, we're talking about stags, about whatever. But anyway, where the fuck's the meters coming from? If you have, like, five dudes not doing anything, you know, where's it all coming from? They're never getting up the field, whatever. And then we end up what was the situation you're in now which are my real, my real notes here about, is like what they've done this week. It's Kevy's 15th different spine this weekend. 31 games in charge this weekend, 15 different spines. So we, yeah. that's two, that's an average of two games per spine almost. And what's the most consistent one that he's had? Like what's the most number of games a single spine? Four games. Right. <laughs> Tessie New, Tyson Gamble, Brody Croft, and Jake Turpin. Four games what is, together. What a combination. Between round 16 and round 20 last year, mate. And I've noted the change that happened then because of injury, but I've no doubt the change didn't happen because the back, I spoke about in the podcast back in the last year, but I think the staying at Sun Court for like 10 weeks in a row, 
the Broncos kind of overrated themselves and they made less chop and change at the end of last year because they thought they were all right. They stayed in these games, but like he's had 15 different spine combos and I left one of them out and I left the one out where they named Herbie at fullback because he didn't actually play fullback. That's when Tessie warmed up. Sorry, someone injured warm up. Tessie played on the wing in air quotes. But if you throw in like the bench hooker or utility, so that that's to me, that's part of the rotation, right? Yeah. That's 19 different spines this weekend. Whatever. And I'm really happy that guys like Tamari Martin, his journey back, rugby, I'm really happy he's playing first grade football. But I don't, what I understand is he's your next drop fullback. Why isn't he playing fullback? I mean, that's a good like, question. Like he wasn't playing fullback in, in Queensland Cup. He has played fullback in first grade, right? And he was getting turned into one of the Cowboys when he got injured. And he wasn't particularly great at it, but he was learning. But why, if a dude who hasn't played first grade football or high center rugby league since round like 10, 2019, if he was your backup fullback after letting Asako go, why wasn't he playing fullback in Queensland Cup? And if the answer is because David Mead was your backup fullback, David Mead's injured. So why, when they play for the same cup team, when David Mead got hurt, did Tamari Martin not play fullback? Uh, I don't know. It's, you're asking some good questions. Yeah, mate. And then if, and if, if Corey Pakes is now your hookup, and it shouldn't be a surprise because like, Kevy tried him in preseason, and then Corey mm. Pakes missed the first game, why did Jake Turpin become the hookup? Because he won two games. I don't know. Like, What did you see from Turpin and think he has that job? Yeah, I'm the, not sure. And then if the injury to happen to Albert Kelly, right? And if Billy, if Billy was already the 14, so Albert Kelly gets injured. So if, you're, if you like Billy 14 and you like Gamble 6, why the fuck did Billy play 6 the last few weeks? <laughs> like, it doesn't make know. any sense, mate. There's no, pra- there's no p- plan there at all. And obviously there's no plan there. And like, I, I wish Tamari Martin well, but the dude's coming in against, we put no pressure on Burton's kicks right the other time we played him. Like they put up like eight giant bombs when we were there. Coming in against that, and meanwhile, you have guys like Herbie and Cobbo who have been screaming out to play fullback. You know, middle of last year, Herbie was the guy who got, got given the shot before Tessie and then got hurt. So he didn't get hurt. Someone else got hurt and they shuffled. So Herbie's yeah. gone from being, he was at that point, Asaka was the first fullback and they had Herbie second. He's gone from there to being like the sixth choice fullback. Yeah. I had him I down as why. my most impressive for you guys, by the way. Yeah. And so then far. like, and he talk about like this, this shuffling and, and the reason why Kevy's at Brisbane, you know, he knows about success and all that garbage, whatever. Like Walter, Walter's joined the Broncos in 1990 from the Raiders and he finished up with the club as a player in 2000, but he came out of retirement in 2001 to fill in, you know? In Kevy's first two years at the Broncos, the only player that played halfback that wasn't Alfie outside of Origin games was Kevy because Alfie missed the game onto, you know? The, the, the first time in Kevy's Broncos career that anyone played halfback besides him or Alfie, not during Origin, was like seven years into his Broncos career. In 1997, when Ben Walker was named in halfback for one game in the Super League semis before when Alfie was out. Yeah. And I know, it's, I know that they're not different quality players, but you know, at that point there, the Broncos knew Kevy and Alfie were coming to the end of their careers. They had Ben Walker, and he'd spent like four and a half years waiting for his chance. He played most of 1998 season off the bench. Took over from Langer in 1999 when Langer retired early after like eight games. And Ben Walker's career didn't go, go great. But what I'm mentioning is like Kevy likes to lean on his pass at the Broncos. And Sam Alphonse thinks just being around success, he attained the methods of success by osmosis. Yeah. 
But what was clear about the good Broncos and the good teams he's worked on is they had fucking plans, like right or wrong. Like Ben Walker didn't work out for the Broncos right after Alfie and Kevy, but they worked with him for four and a half years before he got his shot. It was in, he played first grade before he started. Rightly or wrongly, I had a plan. Like in 2008 with Ben Walker, they started the year undefeated through eight rounds and then Walker got hurt, ended up signing with Manly in 2001, but whatever. And like after his playing career, Kevy spent six years as an assistant with Wayne Bennett, three with Craig Bellamy, so it's pretty much additional 10 years surrounded by greatness, like Cubs doing well, right? And if you include his five years as an assistant with Queensland, not his head coach, his head coach years at Queensland, Queensland sucked them, but he had five years throughout the dynasty as assistant. Like, it's miraculous that this guy can spend 50% of his life around these strong rugby league programs, arguably the two best rugby league clubs of his lifetime, and to have taken nothing away from it. Like, He's been around top line rugby league his whole life. And on, at this point, he's being credit for how little information he absorbed from guys like Bennett and Bellamy, because like, I don't understand that like, you can sit there and see what those good clubs do. Even at the storm, right? When they had Brody Croft, who was a dud. Brody Croft was Craig's guy. He gave him an opportunity, stuck with him and change. And I'm not mm. that I'm not against change. I want to turpin outright, but what I understand is that this is in this season, it's like our fourth spine. Yeah, it's round fucking seven. It's you've it's, been it's, at the club for a year and a half. I see, and I look. I see the the point that some people make when they say the only reason the bad teams are the ones that change their spine so much is because they you know have bad players, which I understand. But at the same time, you mentioned Brady Croft there. He got a lot longer leash than three weeks or four weeks at the Storm before they eventually mm-hmm. decided to ship him off. Lachlan Elias had a quiet first three or four games to start. He's got, I think he's gotten better for Souths every single week, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it, another coach and a, a dumb team might've put him in reserves after two weeks and put Blake Tarford half back. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like there are, and, and that would be my response to the people who argue that the only reason the spine is changing is because the players aren't good enough. But like, do, do we know the play? Like, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't think Billy Walters is special, right? It's his, no, it's his fucking but, son. But if he picked Billy over Gamble, what changed? Yeah, it, it doesn't like just pick a guy and stay with it for a few weeks. Obviously, they've got a little bit of consistency with Adam Reynolds, and like that's the seven for the year, sort of. Yeah, they don't have to worry about at least half of that equation this year, like they did last year, where one week it was Gamble and Kelly, and then another week it was Milford and Kelly, or Milford and Gamble, or whoever else is in the mix. Like, they don't have to worry about that anymore. They have one of them locked in, so just pick one of the other guys. And stick with them for a few weeks. You can't just keep doing this because what happens is you 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 don't dent one guy's confidence. You dent three or four guys' confidences. And yeah, same as you said. I wish Tamari Martin the best as well, playing fullback. But I like I don't know. Why is he not the six, mate? Yeah, but the six is fucking vacant. Like that's him playing. That's what he is. And we haven't got a quality six, and that he's not the six. You're asking like, some good questions. It's it's as you said, mate. It doesn't just dent their playing. It's like you know the guys I mentioned. That, I don't think Ricky and Capel are in good form, right? But also, you change one of them, the guy next to one of those guys every week, you know. And Billy and Kelly and a Gamble and Ezra Mam's in that reserve grade. Right? He's going to play first grade at some point this year. That's coming. You know, maybe Tamari Martin plays six at some point. That's coming. It, unless Tamari carves it up for the like we know Tessie's out for ten plus weeks. Unless Tamari carves it up for two or three weeks. We know that's going to change. It could be Mead. It could be Cobbo. Like, 
and it's just you sit there and like, what's the fucking point of it all, mate? I don't know. Like it's, I understand. I don't. It, it, you yeah. said, I'm pro some changes, and there's some guys there when you get a run, and so like Jake Turpin, I'd seen enough of Jake Turpin. We'd seen enough. I'm pro that change. But the other guys, I don't rate Billy Walters. I don't rate Tyson Gamble either. But it's just like, what's the point? If you put Billy in over Tyson two weeks ago, what the fuck changed? Yeah. I don't know. And it's going to change again. And it just doesn't feel with any confidence. And it doesn't feel you like... When he came in, I knew he wasn't going to be a great head coach. We all knew this. Like, like In general, he's not a rugby league tactician. We've all heard him speak, whatever. But I thought at least... He might be okay-ish at picking the team, even though I hated his origin teams, even played on Moses and Bayern origin, I hate it. But I thought maybe a bit of vibes, whatever, see what happens. But mate, how are these guys supposed to find their footing as a team when it changes every week? I mean, Adam Reynolds, right? He said he'll be the constant seven. He would have met half these guys in preseason, whatever. And he's, every second week, he's got, he's got new dudes with him in the, in the spine. Stupid. Whatever. Terrible. Terrible. And I just don't understand why we again, we have like two capable backup centers. We have Branko Lee and we have DeLuise Hoyto who played this weekend. It, you just couldn't put one of those in and put Herbie and Cobbo at fullback. Mm. You know, Jordan, okay, why did you sign Branko Lee and Jordan Pereira yeah. in your top 30? We needed an exemption for Tamari Martin to play because he wasn't a training trial. He's on a training trial. Why are they in the top 30 that when this stuff happens, they're not in the side? What's the point? I don't know, uh, and I don't know. They they seem silly to and, not at least yeah, know those guys. Nice and, story and that Deloise Hoyter played first game for the first time in what yeah. seven since his last game seven years. That was a nice story. That's but, it. Yeah. And even other things like Keenan Paliasia, right? I'm not a big fan of his, but he's had a really good season for mine at starting at prop, and he started the first well, we started five or six games at prop. He had to play back row for one of them. It was pretty good against Penrith, and they he's been dropped. Like he's gone to the bench for Corey Jensen to start, and it just seems like he's just. Did the same thing last year, just hoping that one week it catches a light, and you're like, "Oh, that's that was great." It's like, mate, like maybe just leave Keenan where he is until Carrigan's back. You know, mate. You know, he's been doing his job, and you're not gonna like Corey Jensen's not gonna be a different player next week. We know who he is. It just gets it's frustrating, mate. And um, when you see what they do to the spine, and you don't seem to really chasing any answers. <sighs> tough going forward there. And I, I don't want to spend too much on Brisbane on this every week, but we're always going to me being a Broncos fan and them sucking. So that is, that is a part <laughs> yeah. of, that is a part of the show's charm. I think um, it is. And a lot of the listeners, the Broncos fans too, but I just yeah. don't go, like I said, last week, not excited for these games anymore. And we'll, we'll probably beat the Bulldogs this weekend because we're much better in North Queen, in Brisbane. Uh, we have Payne Haas back. Uh, probably beat the Bulldogs at home. Think we're awesome again. And then uh, lose. In it might even beat the Sharks, man. I think we're okay against Sharks. Lose against you guys mm. in, in at uh, ANZ in Sydney in in May, and then we'll change half the team. Yeah, but like, won't be like change like that makes sense again. That's it to be like this that some would have throw tomorrow Martin at fullback, whatever. Yep. I hope he does well, mate. But it's um, it's a long path to him succeeding at fullback, in my opinion, this week. Yeah, I mean, I hope I hope you win, but yeah. I don't know. Uh, all right. Uh, Manly beat the Titans. Another win without Tom Tavoyevic. Another game where, again, the Titans look like the best team in the world for 20 minutes and terrible for the rest of the game. Uh, I I do not understand the Gold Coast Titans. I don't think anyone understands the Gold Coast Titans. Um, I hope to one day learn the secrets of the Gold Coast Titans, yeah. but today will not be that day. Dave Fafita scored a sick try, though. We did. We did forget Brisbane. Player impressed you, Herbie. 
yep. obviously out of it. Yeah, oh, me, I had Turpin uh, or Capewell as the ones that didn't. Yeah, I would say, see, Ricky, I don't love anyway. I'm also going to say Kurt Capewell. Ricky would be the other one, but I'm not a big fan anyway. Capewell hasn't stood up. Maybe he does. And surprised me the most is Keenan Palacio. Mm. Okay. okay yep. back to Sorry. This game. So anyway, yeah, Manly have done it again without Tommy, which is really good to see from a Seagulls point of view. DC has had, I think, a really, really good start to the season. Um, yes. And yeah, they're, they're looking fine. They had some teething issues initially with the rule changes, but um, they've sorted it out, I think. Um, long way to go, of course, but that's that's four wins on the trot now, isn't it? I think right. Yeah. They lost. Oh, uh, they, yeah, they lost the first two games. They labored to a one-point win over the Bulldogs, and then since then they smashed Canberra, they smashed Newcastle, and they hung on in this weird and wacky game against Titans. Yeah, Josh Allay has been really good for them, and unfortunately, he's really helped. Again, but he's been yeah. really good the last three games. Um, yeah, Manly got on top early. I think you said, as you said, DCA was really solid. Had a couple of really good games, and you know, in this game, set up a couple of tries with nice plays, and you know, I like that. Olakawatu is like they, he's, he's really good at using him effectively. Like, you know, you wouldn't think Olakawatu would score try chasing kicks, but here he is. He's been good for them this year. But the, the Titans, mate, like they could be on the disappointing as a team list. Like all of them, pretty much. But like, mm. it's always too much talk about for feeder, but there's not many guys there earning their bread on the Gold Coast. No, him and Big T no are, but few few passengers yeah. there. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, he hasn't, he didn't, he hasn't played every game, but I had Jaden Campbell down as my most disappointing of the Titans. I really had high hopes for him this year and just haven't seen it in those limited opportunities that he did play. Um, and yeah, most so, impressive, yeah. most impressive. I had Tino, but it's, it's relatively swing slim pickings there. Um, on yeah, that front, which is weird because they've won a couple of games, but I don't know. They have, I would say, um, like, Bo Firmwood did a decent job. He was almost the most impressive, but I would say um, Greg Marju for mine. Like mm. uh, Last year yeah. was pretty good, but it looks like he's locked down that wing spot. And his most disappointing, Jared Walsh has like, not been in first grade. And he had a great year last year. And he's, it's true. He has, People forgot he has about played him. three games off the bench this year, but he was yeah. a big part of the good things they did last season. Yeah. And I think we're already... I think if Souths win the next couple of games and the Cowboys don't, I think we're already going to start we're starting to see that top few teams break away from everybody else already yep. which you know is not good yeah. for the competitive balance of the league but it seems like it's happening especially with yeah. the knights and titans really taking a step backwards they do mate but yeah guys like titans other other players and like justin holbrook, holbrook should be thanking for peter daly because like he's like their blame <laughs> shield no one's with anyone it's so else funny it's so funny like yeah i've got I numbers here mate since the start of last year for feeder 28 games he scored 19 tries, set up another four. There's 27 line breaks, six line breaks, six assists, 172 tackle breaks, and averages 126 meters a game, 53 offloads, whatever. If you combine Isaiah Papali'i and Billy Kikau, you pretty much get Dave Fafita's numbers in that period. You know, Jeez. you get the same amount of tries, and they were the back rows of the year last year. You get less line breaks, you get five less line breaks, you get more try assists, you get more line break assists. And you get more tackle breaks. But Fafita had 172 tackle breaks in that period. Papali'i and Billy Kikau in more games have combined for 220 tackle breaks in that period. Only a little bit more than them. And it's pretty telling to mind that like you can pretty much combine every back row on the comp bar like two or three of them and you wouldn't get his combination. You wouldn't get as many tackle breaks as, 
as him. Like guys like Lee Chonley Lewis has been getting praise for the last year. Which I'm a big fan. Has 84 tackle breaks in the last two years. To 177 for Fafita. But we sit there and watch these games and we're like, geez, Fafita should do more. It's it's madness. He's really, really <laughs> good. And he does cool shit every week. I don't, yeah. I don't know. And, he, and he's only scored two tries. He's not going to score a dumb amount of tries like he did last year because the, the rules are a bit different. But he yeah. stood up in the last couple of games that needed him to do as such. He's making more tackles, which I don't think is a great thing because you want him fresh. He's not the same as every other back rower. But I think a lot of it's like they don't, still don't really effectively use or plan around him. Like whilst I mentioned those numbers being good, like his supports and decoy numbers are really shit. They, they, they even low, below Jordan Rickey's, but I don't think they do enough of using him as a decoy or doing making plays around him. Like, you know, the try shit up here was just a, sh- a short ball to Fafita and then the, and the later one that he scored, like, you know, it's just Fafita, again, being day Fafita that no one could score that try he scored. And whilst he was shithouse in defense on Kieran Foran's try, he's a, he wasn't signed for his defense. No. But it's just quite funny. You watch these games and he's in decent form and he's the dude that we spend the entire game talking about and after the game hammering. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, just haven't seen enough from their spine this year. No, oh. mate. Like, like Aaron Clark, meh. And they made, that's the thing, mate. You mentioned they, they made those calls in the offseason to go with this spine. Yep. And Brimson has been okay at, at six. Sexton's been, had some goodish games. And obviously it's Campbell's right. out, but Campbell wasn't great early and Asako's filling in. But they're flattered to deceive those guys. They haven't been very impressive at all. And some of the other forwards, mate, are getting away with just being shithouse because the feeders get the cops to blame. Yep. Which is an absolute nonsense. Um, manly side of things, Olakwatu and DCE were my most impressive guys that I wrote down. And yeah, I'd say DCE um, for me. And I had Jason Saab at the other end. Yeah, it's hard because like obviously people knew Saab was what he was last year was an advantage of the other guys. And then Parker and Harper, nobody thought they were great, but they've kind of been average too. I think you have to go with Saab purely because he has a bit more reputation. And he should be better than those two guys, Parker and Harper. So I agree yeah. with you on that. Actually, my more. other one as well, Ethan Bullmore. Thought he was going to be a great signing. Barely you played did, first grade. You did grade. say that. That's true. He um, hasn't been playing in the middle. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. Maybe we'll get a chance later. I don't know. Um, Moving on. Uh, I've lost my place. Oh, there we are. Um, This game ruled and ended up, ended up with the Storm winning 13 plus. But really enjoyable game, Storm Sharks, on Saturday night. Um, just some fantastic footy played by both teams. Um, it, this is so weird, right? Because this sounds dumb because they ended up losing margin wise quite heavily. But I liked a lot of what Cronulla did in this game, especially in the first, especially in the first half. And if not for uh, Moeni Hirodi's options and Ronaldo putting in that baffling kick instead of just trying to run over the fullback, um, they could and should have gone into halftime with a decent lead. And maybe they would have gone on and won it, but yeah, I thought thought there was some really good footy in this game. Now I'm with you on that. It's a, a really good game, and uh, obviously they considered 34 points, so you can't be that high up on the Canala performance overall after that. Yeah. But uh, it just felt like one of those games that you know it's usually too much of a cliche, but like Cam Munster and Harry Grant and those guys really stood up as the game went on, and Munster's really um fired back at getting offered less money essentially to stay yeah. his first form of I, year it's a couple of years mate i don't think harry grant scored by the way don't they you kind of, Why is that no i i think he I, I think he loses the ball before he puts it down but i'm just a simple man with simple 
eyes. Well, mate, see, so you're leaning in. They don't, they don't double check good teams, mate. Mm, <laughs> I don't know. I might be wrong. It doesn't matter. It didn't affect the game, yeah. but I just, did, I just it, it didn't, didn't look a try to me. But anyway, I just, um, he, he played well. Yeah. And yeah, Cam Munster, I wrote down as my most impressed by just because we knew he was a fantastic player, but he, to me, has been the best player this season. Mm. So, oh, yeah. And I love Cam Munster, always have, but I didn't have him written down as my number one best player in the league. And at the moment, he is. So he fits the bill of impressing me. I'm going to say Josh King for mine, mate. I thought he'd uh, have his lunch yeah, taken when, when their team's full, but he's played like 60 minutes a week and done his job. You know, he's not going to be any, a superstar or anything, but he's done a lot better than he did he's, at Newcastle. Yep. Um, How could they let him go? Uh, Harry Ramage, it, but... furious. Um, I, again, I didn't, the... really, Sorry, didn't really have anyone written down at the other... Le- like, no one at the Storm has really been bad. But like, I mean, your man... Tepai Moroa hasn't been great. But, I don't want to be fan of like, Loriero either. No, no one expected anything. I didn't really know who that was at the start of the year. He hasn't been good either. But just for the purposes of the question, I didn't really have an answer because I didn't expect anything from Trent Loriero or 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 um, Tepai Moroa. So I don't know. This was another one that was hard to answer. Um, maybe Coates was... has been a bit quiet, but that's not really his fault. I don't know. I mean, you, you, did, I think you, I think you're really forcing it at that point. You are. But this game here, though, for the Storm, I mean, they, they again, they, they were missing the Bromwich boys and they just um, mm. seem to still cater for missing quality players pretty easily. And uh, the Sharks, I thought, I thought McInnes was terrible on the edge. And I know they, <laughs> they were out of options, but he was like beyond embarrassing on the edge. Hey, like, I said it. I said it in the Discord. It was like, you remember watching the show Daria when you're a kid and the volleyball goes past her, and then three seconds later, she puts her hand out like she was pretending yeah. to hit it. That was that tackle attempt. That was the funniest missed tackle I've ever seen. I laughed. Like, le- I laughed out loud for several seconds. It was, yeah, he just like great. launches himself for some. I don't know why he knows. It was so like, it was like, like, I thought he was taking the piss and I was like, wait, no, he's not. This is a first grade NRL game. He's not taking the piss, but like, that's something you would yeah. do in the park with your mates. Like if you got stepped or something like it was hilarious. Yeah. And um, the, the worst thing about that too, mate, is like, there's not really actually space there. <laughs> like when Munster does it, like Munster creates that space, takes him on one-on-one, but the way he dives, like why didn't he just dive like much earlier when he knew, he knew he was cooked when Munster dummied. But he dumped me the guy like, why, why, I don't know what he dove for at all. Not good. Because he didn't Funny even dive way. like to swing at anything. He didn't even do like he was ankle tapping. It was like he was diving into a pool. Um, I thought Not good. the Sharks really had an uphill battle when uh, Fanukin went off. I think he's been one of their best players so far this year. Um, mm-hmm. Very unfortunate. It's, it's always, you know, it's always hard when you lose a key player in the opening few minutes of a game. Um, I think an interesting question from Wayno, as a, a resident Sharks fan, about, you know, why are, why are players with the ball allowed to get away with so much more when it comes to sort of having their elbows up and things like that? And I, I see his point because you know it's a pretty nasty one in the end that Fanukin cops from his old his old mate NAS. Yeah, I, I see his point too, but it's it's obviously much harder to police in that situation with the guys with yep. the, carrying the ball. Like, you know, I don't know how you. Get, you... I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. Actually, don't know the answer. Someone smarter than me should have some answers on that. I really don't like. But yeah, there's just a couple of like lapses in defense, a difference between the teams really from, yeah. from the storm. Like the same with the other months to try, like he stood up Nico Hines as well. And those things will happen again whilst Nico gets used to de- he's had that happen a couple of times this year. Like used to defending yep. in the line at the top level. He'll um he'll get done across get done laterally. But you know, he was pretty good in this game outside of that. And CS Vitalikai, been... by far yeah. for mine the most impressive. Oh, yeah, uh, I, I, wrote, season, I wrote I wrote I wrote Talakai 
Talakai and Hines down as my two players. Um, Talakai in particular has been outstanding. And, you know, who saw that coming, really? Like, the guy's career was almost over a couple of years ago when he left South, couldn't get into first grade at Penrith. And, yeah, but he's popped up here and become just a very unique center and one of the better centers in the competition right now. And then, yeah, my man Nico Hines, I think, defensively, still got a lot of work to do. But um, attacking-wise, I think he's been really – I think he's been fantastic. I think he's been a breath breath of fresh air for their team. Um, This game a little bit, it kind of – just watching it, as a diehard fan of both Souths and Cronulla, it, it kind of reminded me of that round one game a little bit. I know Storm got on top towards the end stats-wise, especially in the last 20 minutes, but in that first hour or so, like the Sharks made more line breaks, they had more tackle breaks, they were tackling better, they were running more. Um, they lost all their stats in the end, by the way, after the last 20 minutes where they got sort of steamrolled a little bit, but they were really on top, but they just kept doing the wrong things. It reminded me of that round one game where Souths left edge could have feasted for like 10 tries and just didn't and yeah. again they they bombed a few really good chances in this game as i mentioned at the start Herodi of the as well, segment Herodi not passing that ball was awful ronaldo kicking that ball was just as bad um and yeah i mean look it's only around six so it won't matter at the end of the day they're four and two they've got a really good win over Parramatta under their belts um the only game they lost besides melbourne and melbourne was that weird raiders game in round one which they very well should and could have won and yeah i think if you're a sharks and you're feeling really good about the season as a whole, I put Matt Moylan down as my most disappointing. I just want Trindle in there with Hines in the halves at some point soon. <laughs> um, I think it's another one I think really impressive in Blake Bailey. So Blake yep. Bailey, like he's he was the one everyone wrapped in more Jade and whatever. Both those guys have improved quite a bit, but Blake's finally stepping up a bit more in terms of creativity this year from mine. So mm. he's been very impressive and disappointing is a hard one because he said the most been playing quite well and a lot of the guys have played better than I'd expected. But uh it might. I don't know if it could be Moylan. I don't know. I don't know if I've got one for them really. Like maybe Ramian because he's not even the best center in his team. Which <laughs> Ramian's been. <laughs> but pretty that's good not really still, his though. fault. He's been good. It's Talakai's just been great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Sharks doing doing okay. Team of the podcast. Um, Easter Sunday. Roosters twenty two. Warriors fourteen. Um, this was peak. Uh, a lot of ref discourse in this game. Um, but. I don't it's just always going to happen when the games were close with one referee. And they, and that's that's one thing you can't, I don't know. I don't care what anyone says, ref defenders or not. There is more refereeing mistakes with one referee. There's way more now. Of course there are. There is. I missed so much more. I mean, okay. I didn't mention it in the Brisbane game, but I'll go back to it quickly for that. Um, if there was a moment in the Brisbane game where, was it Crichton caught a bomb? And two guys wrapped him up, and Crichton gave the oh, ball. And to he the gave Broncos it was player. last. It was last tackle. Last That's tackle. He caught part. a bomb. They had wrapped him up slowly. It was like over, and then Crichton just gave the ball to one of the Broncos, and then we got penalised. How can you get done for a strip on the last tackle? Like why would we have stripped? Exactly. Like there was not. There wasn't like anyone in support from Penrith. It was just like whatever. And then they gave a penalty, and I don't know why we didn't challenge it. it feels like they're afraid of challenging since what happened. That was one of the, that was one of the wor- that was one of the worst calls of the year. And again, it's not a call you guys get in that if those situations are reversed. Yeah, and then the other one they didn't challenge was um the again Kobe obviously did pull Luai's hair, but Luai then held him back. So like yep. whatever. Yeah. And I, I didn't realize that like if a player messes you around in the ruck means you can obstruct them the next play. But whatever, those things happen. But yeah, like it just happens a bit more one referee like that. One handing it over was like, are you kidding me? Like as you said, mate. Like referee think for three seconds. You shouldn't be allowed to have a penalty for that on the last tackle. You like use your brain ref. Like that's that yeah. was 
that was awful. That's one of the worst calls of the year for me, just because of the, the situation. It makes absolutely no sense for a team to try and steal the ball there. And it was so blatant that he just let go of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the big call in this game, to me, that's a strip and it should be play on. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it looks seems pretty obvious that Reese Walsh has the ball stripped away from him. I, I'm not yeah. sure why how they ruled it otherwise. Like you can there's clear intent, the arms are there, there's a stripping motion. I, I don't really know why it was ruled the way it was. And I think they have a right to be pissed off. Yeah, I don't know. Again, it's it just it's hard to feel like the case that oh the worst team got the shit calls again. Mm. And it's hard in these weekends not to do it. But uh, I wouldn't say the the Roosters have been very impressive yet this season. They will they be on my like really as a whole team. To yeah, I mean, my, I had Joseph Manu down as my impressive player, and yeah. James Tedesco down as my least impressive because mate, Luke Heary hasn't bounced back as I'd like yeah. to have seen. I know, but he's come off a major injury. But the the, the kid's been Radley, okay. Um, the forwards have been like Radley has been very poor. Rare Hargraves hasn't been good. Um, yeah, Tupanu. That wasn't a big fan. He hasn't been great from, either. Apart from Toki Aho, I, I haven't really rated any of their forwards play this year, to be honest. Yeah, like so. yeah, pretty much. Like to, on a week to week basis, like Lindsay Collins isn't playing as good as you'd expect either. Like not very impressive. But what matters for the Roosters is they keep chalking up Ws. Like they're not being great. It's very annoying that that two. keeps happening. It is really yeah. annoying. Um. Anyway, uh, for the Warriors, I had. Chanel Harris Tavita down is impressive. And my least impressive is kind of cheating because it's not only for his play on the field, but also for his conduct. And that's Marcelo Montoya, who has been dreadful and then got suspended for <laughs> like a very bad reason. So yeah, Chanel's been one. Him and Josh Curran have been the two ones mm. that really stood out. And like Chanel, it's just good to see him get a proper run and what a shock. Again, what a shock that can happen that a player gets a proper run in a position. Yeah, with knew? some talent, and he, and he performs. So he's he's been really good. And then this important. Well, they've been better than we'd ex- people would expect. Yeah, this year they have been. Even even myself, even I thought they were good enough squad to hang around in games. But hard to be disappointed in anyone in particular. But I think Montoya is probably a great call. And then Brownie is always, but he doesn't count. Not a play. <laughs> they, they signed Mitch Barnett today. They did for next year and whatever. Yeah. Just great. The, Re- anytime yeah, just you can reunite policy. that Newcastle 2016 connection, you got to do it. Yeah, like just the straight up it. dickhead policy, you know? Mm. That's, 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 yeah, Dylan Walker will go good for him. Um, but it's, I know we said we were going to do get this. There was just a lot of, like, I mean, Broncos rant as well, and we want that in the show too, but there's just so many good games this week. And the next two that we've got to talk about were both great as well. And yeah, the Dragons are not winning by a rare, the very rarely seen five point margin. Um, the, the big talking point was obviously Zach Lomax jumping on Tyson Frizzell to celebrate a try. The only problem, of course, is that Tyson Frizzell no longer plays for the Dragons. Um, my take on that incident, Mitchell, was that mm. it was funny. Yes, that's also my take. And uh, did laugh at Dave Clemmer giving the respect chat, like with his history, like... Didn't he in a trial game call Cameron Smith like a washed up old man or something? Yeah, and he had that fight with Corey Parker. Corey- who the fuck are you to Corey Parker or something like that? Yeah. So, yeah. but Give having said that, I, having said that, I actually like that he went after it full time. I had a bit of a go at him. I think the Knights need something. They need something somewhere to give them a <laughs> bit of energy. Somewhere for anybody to do no, something. Literally, yeah. someone to just pull yeah. their finger out and look like they give a shit. And yeah. at least that shows that he gives a shit. I actually rated that from Clemmer, having also just thought the whole thing was hilarious. Yeah, this was a strange football game in like, 
it was quite good, but it just didn't feel like either team was going to win it. It was like, is mm. someone does someone want to win this game or what? And uh, obviously the the Dragons end up doing it. I love Lomax seeking the field goal, but you look at some of the performances. Like Ponga had his uh, best game of the season after they pulled the contract off. Apparently, so mm. good for him. Good to see Edric Lee back in first grade played quite well. Brad Beth had his best game of the year. But yeah, the forwards for mine were pretty average for, for the Knights. And obviously they missed Adam Clune because mm. the drop from Adam Clune is Phoenix Crossland, who is just average. And, that, yeah. and that's uh, it. And then Dragons make Moses Sawley's best game in forever. Where's it? Maybe where, his best game. The fact that they, Fanai was not in first grade or both like to start the year is crazy. Yeah, like just hanging around there waiting for opportunity, and he, he was quite good in this one. Um, Jaden Sewer continues to be, even though I don't like it, one of the better signings of the offseason. He's been really good, really good. Dragons. Been real good. Even Sewer's been, been all right. Yeah, he was. Uh, Sewer was really good in this game, and um, unfortunately, Josh McGuire I thought was great upon return, and Blake Laurie um was better off the bench, and mm. you know the. This Dragons probably should have won more comfortably than they did, but that's just that lack of confidence they have currently. It feels like they couldn't they couldn't take a game away from them. And I was tossing up Bungard, even though they don't like changing our Coltrane Cup picks, but I was going to, if there was an extra player ruled out from coronavirus from the Knights, I was going to go, you know what, I'm changing to the Dragons. But I didn't. And for most of this game, I was like, oh, this is this is fine. The Eels will, will be better. It's fine. After. You tipped a home banker, mate. What are you worried about? We did. Well, well nothing um, to worry about. But uh, no, anyway, none. Um, I, I, yeah, I wrote, uh, I wrote um, uh, Ben Hunt down as my most impressive of the Dragons, but that might be cheating because he's always good. So I think yeah. Jaden Sewer is probably a better answer just because of how surprising it's been. And I had Zach Lomax at the other end. I mean, he, he was he's had, he's had some nice moments, but you know, this is a guy who a lot of us, shit ass, by the way. That is also true. And this is a guy that a lot of us had saying, oh, it's unfortunate that Latrell and Turbo are the centers for Origin because this guy's the best actual center eligible for New South Wales. But now I think he's. Just on this year's play alone, he's firmly behind not only those guys, but Campbell Graham, Stephen Crichton, Isaac Targo. I know they, they I'm talking about guys on both sides of the field here, but it doesn't matter. It's, who gives a shit? Um, yeah, there's a few guys there I think would be above him in that pecking order now. Katoni Staggs yeah. as well, of course. Even maybe even Bradman Best. I don't know. No, I'm uh, I'm, with, I'm with you on uh, Sua as, as the most impressive. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't put Lomax atop. I'm going to say uh, Tyrell Sloan. Because that's a good one. Yeah, because there was obviously a lot of a lot of hype over the offseason for him and mm. and uh, Tom Amone. And Tom Amone, like Talatel Amone now, sorry, it came off the bench. He was pretty good in 11 minutes or so here. Mm. Uh, but I did think that Tyrell Slum was going to own that fullback jersey. And the fact yep. that Embi is still there doesn't say a lot about what they think of Tyrell. We might see Cody Ramsey back in that spot, I think, when he's fit. Uh, we didn't speak at one moment before we do the Dragons' most and least impressive player. Yep. The kickoff. The kickoff. Like, I still don't know. I, I think mean, it's I close. I don't like yeah. what's the, we should have probably done a wee was robbed here. Um, I don't know what the rule is. Like it's well, the, is the it rule not... is if you retreat back behind the point of ball, the last person to fine, contact, right? contact the ball, you're onside. Yeah, then it's fine. Like it happened a few weeks ago in the the Brisbane game when people asked that rule, but like so the referee has and it was knocked backwards. And I believe on one of the other angles it looks fine to me, but people don't seem to understand that Sewer can retreat back and be put back on side. It's just also yeah. the way he, he grabbed the ball and might be offside kind of thing. But it's one of those ones where even if they reviewed it, they would it would have been inconclusive. They wouldn't have given you a ruling. They wouldn't have gone. Yeah, I thought it was fine. He's offside. So I was fine with that. But it was just funny hearing and I know they're colleagues of yours essentially, but it just feels like you're setting up Joey and Gus to fail putting them calling their own teams. And uh because they it's not this Joey is a Knights family more. It's Joey works there now. Yeah. And he, he called this one and it's like that he was furious, which would be if you work for the team that happened on the call because you didn't understand it, whatever. 
didn't look great for him. And then uh, obviously we saw our good friend Dragon's Vodcast, mate. He knew the rules live. We saw him after the game, put a video out of it. He knew what was going on. He was sorting them out. <laughs> he was feeding them. Feeding <laughs> them. Um, I had uh, Jake Clifford, Adam Clune, Dane Gagai. That's my most impressive. I had three guys written down. Um, yeah, mine's um, mine's Clune. I expected Clifford to be good. So, and then the other one I had Dom Young, but he's got hurt. Yeah, he got hurt. He, um, I had Ponger in. on the other side, just but he's been all right. He's been fine. Yeah, he's been maybe right. it's better for them that he hasn't been that good. Yeah, Ponger's been. Know. He got better as the weeks have gone on. I'm going to say Bradman best. He had a good game this week, but I think he had a pretty yeah, average season, tough year. Yeah. And um, and then Chad Chris Randall didn't expect it to be great, but he hasn't been great. And he's one of those guys. You look at his you look at his numbers. You think he's a good player. Mm. Oh, he's got decent. He's playing 80s, you know, making a lot of tackles, whatever. But man, he's just an absolute handbrake. He's like young Andrew McCulloch. Mm. Just a handbrake on that team. Right. When they have and the last game of the round, that's the, the, the former, they might be back. <laughs> the former team of the podcast lost Tigress, uh, 21 20 win over the Eels. An unbelievable finish to a very silly game. Um, I was just happy for our friends that go for the Tigers. They had a moment of joy. Yeah, we obviously got our cold chain cup picks wrong, but whatever. You know who else got <laughs> yeah. their cold train kips wrong? Almost fucking everybody. Because yeah. the, like there was also the Knights and the Raiders that had double digit percentages. So yeah, well, it was absolute the, uh, carnage. My own personal tipping, I picked the Cowboys in that game. It didn't matter for this one, obviously. But yeah, this... I don't know. The Paramount ended up having a lot more meters than the Tigers... But there's something with Para this year. I, I think in the preseason, I picked them to be good. And I said on that, that Eels podcast, I, like it's the first year I've actually picked them to stay good. Probably not a great sign. Because like, I've been wrong on them for the last like five years. I don't know. I'm not feeling it as much as I, as I thought I would be. And I know they were missing cattle in this game. Like I know Junior Paulo is out. And I know that RCG didn't come back on the field. But like, mate, the game was there for them to take. Mm. And they couldn't take it. And like, I don't know, mate. Like Mitch Moses is playing out of his skin. Dylan Brown's playing all right, but they should have they should have won this game. They should have, even with the Tigers scoring easy points. The Tigers let them back in the game like five or six times, and they kept making mistakes. Like Guffo kicking that ball dead, for example, things like that. And even in the last five minutes, mate, like the bombs are working all day. But Mitch Moses, with how well he's been playing, the form he's in, the, in the, having in the form he's been in of his career, has to do kicks better than that last kick. That kick that he put a bomb up and landed short and then he whacked it forward and gave them an extra tackle. You have to do better, Mitch. Like, you know, if you're going for that kick there at that point, the minute left or whatever, it's not about anymore for mine, putting up this huge kick, hoping the other team drop it. It's about making sure you stick them in five minutes out from their try line. And a good, like a really good player or a class half over the years, you would have seen like a Cooper Cronk or a Thurston or somewhere in that situation just do one of those like little chip bombs, but make sure it got down there. And that's what that situation called for. And they turned the ball over. And then Jackson Hastings, after five or six minutes of neither team really wanted to take that shot at field goal. And honestly, like Jock Madden chose to avoid the moment. He could have kicked that, had a shot. He chose to do the harder path. And whatever, Mitch Moses missed. Hastings um, took the shot because he had to, but nailed yeah. it. And it was awesome. They Great kick and he had a and Hastings played really well because yeah, he did. But in saying that, not only Madden but Hastings as well had that god awful option up, on the last where well. he kicked it dead and like they did that twice and still won. 
It's hilarious. How Parramatta didn't get a like decent shot at field goal away at the end of either of those sets is ridiculous, and it's really and bad execution from them. The weird part is at the start of both those sets, like the one of them third tackle they were on halfway or yeah. second tackle, and and Sean Lane offloads and they lose ten meters. Mm. And that's and there was the set. the other set where Moses ran it down the right hand side on like yeah. fourth tackle, and it was like now he's not in position to take a field goal on the last if they get the ball. So they yeah think they ended up bombing it instead. I can't remember. But. And the Tigers on, on one of their opportunities where Hastings grab it in behind, yeah, they spread it left. And they got stuck wide right, and they spread it wide left. And I thought that was smart because like yeah, you stretch yeah. the eels and then go back up the middle. Mm. And they and, did, and, I, and then they kicked it. <laughs> and I and I knew Moses had missed because. I took your advice. I watched the fans, but I didn't watch the ones behind the goal. I watched the ones to the side of the goal who started cheering. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. oh, he's missed because <laughs> they can't yeah. see shit. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Mitch Moses did not move either. But he, he should have drilled that, obviously. And yeah, of course. In this game, I thought like Tor probably had the best game if he's had in years off the bench for, for the Tigers. And he's good. He okay, steamrolled someone seen, and then threw a pass. It was crazy. Yeah. I haven't seen him run so hard pretty much ever. And the Luke, Luke Brooks thing, because he threw. Okay, that firstly for me, like that's it's line ball, whatever. That first try Luciano Lola was scored. If I was the one doing the data collection, that wasn't a try assist. Like, yeah, Luch had like he got put through a hole, but Luch dragged a guy for 10 meters. I don't think you can assist a try when a guy has to drag someone 10 meters to get me, whatever. But whatever, people give those that was a try assist. People see two try assists, think he played well. Uh, I think, and we all laugh at the jersey change thing. And I think what I got, we got wrong focusing on the jersey change thing was like talking about unleashing Luke Brooks, which essentially was like, not we didn't realize it was actually just get Luke Brooks the fuck out of the way. That's what the jersey change was. Hey? I was mean, like, I don't want to. I did it, laugh that like I caught, but like you know that meme where it's like the the bell curve and it's like both the very smart and the very dumb guy have the same response. Yeah. That was me with the six and seven clearly swapping them around work. Cause I got like our friend, Steve, who's like the smartest footy fan we know. And then also like I had morons on Twitter going, Oh, wouldn't have made a difference. What number they had on. It was great. I caught both sides of the coin by pretending yeah. that it was actually a brilliant tactical masterstroke and that clearly we're all fools. Yeah. But like before Simkin went off, right. Cause Simkin got hurt. He was playing quite well. And again, that was one of those ones that what a shock that he's better than Jacob little. We all have seen that a lot, but mm. Um, Hang on, he, Simkin... by the way, he, he was off with the green whistle on crutches and he's playing this week. Yeah, I don't know what the hell happened there. <laughs> hey. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> uh, but before he went off, Brooks only touched the ball 25 times. Like he was on his track for the least, in track for the least touches he's had in the full 80 since in the last round in 2016. They lost 52 to 10 to the uh, Raiders. He had like 30 touches, you know, and he had three runs of the ball in that whole game. And three runs of the ball again is his least runs in a game since another round, last round of the season, drubbing by the South in 2018, lost 20, 50, 51 to 10 in that game. And uh, he only run it three times. And he's only run the ball three times or less, 13 times since 2015, and all of them like from 2014, 15. So like he was like out of the way and he kicked the ball seven times as well. And, the, and that was it. Like he made 30 odd tackles. So saw these guys out that way, but. It's not a positive Luke Brooks game, if you get me. People come out like, oh, good to see Brooks play well. It's like, no, like, this is the entire thing, actually. He has been a handbrake and a problem for them. Out of the way, Jackson Hastings was good. They went forward. Simkin was good. Dane Laurie looked better. And I also think it seemed they all motivated by the occasion and the boys lifted. I don't think it's um, anything permanent. I think we just saw a temporary lift, and I think it's going to revert back to what they were pretty quickly. But, uh, yeah, I just think... The takeaway being it's it's good. Look, Brooks was a part of a win, didn't fuck up. That's nice. But people coming out of that, he played well. He was a passenger. They could have put 
anybody at six in that game and the result is the same. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I'm really happy. I'm just happy for that. We've got a few Tigers yeah, fans to listen, obviously, and I'm just very happy for them. Yeah, they don't give a shit that like there was period like the, pa- the Parramatta had some players go down or similar. Like, so did the Tigers. The Tigers also came in with injuries. They don't care. When the- it got to it, the teams were level with 10 to go. The former Tiger guy fucked up. Like, Moses had a kick to put them ahead, missed. He only kicked two from four. Brooks converted poorly early. I don't know why Hastings wasn't kicking, but Moses missed a kick. He should he would have kicked normally as well and then missed the field goal. So that's why having a fantastic season, he uh, did not stand up here. And it's quite funny. This is the game that was supposed to lock the Tigers fans out and, uh, and they lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's move on. We've got some news to talk about. Um, impressive, and- unimpressive. Oh, uh, I had um, written down Luch has been really good, but I mean, it's slim pickings and we know he's a good player. Um, I had Luke Brooks at the other end. I believed in him once again this year and I am an idiot. Yeah, I did not believe in Luke. So I'm going with them. I'm going with Hastings. Even though he's only played a couple of games. I thought he was, really, yep. he was good early. Yeah, people laughed at a few mistakes he made earlier in the year, but he looks like a far better player than the guy who left Australia. So I'm going yep. Hastings. And then the, the least impressive, again, it's really hard to nail that one down. Uh <laughs> like I don't I don't know. It's hard to go between like seven players there. Maybe it's Joe O, maybe it's Brooks. I expected nothing with Brooks, though. Maybe it's like even though Malmo Mal- has some tries, he doesn't look like he's trying at all. Drop for like he was dropped for like three weeks, three days, so that was weird. Yeah. So it's hard to nail down. Uh, at the Eels, Mitch Moses has been the most impressive. I think um I never thought he'd be the player he is now. No. Um, and Parramatta, I wrote Dylan Brown down as most impressive because he's really revived his career this yeah. season. Um, wasn't a whole lot of like people on the other side of it that like no one's really been like bad for them. Well, but, I think like, Sean Lane sucks, but I've also, yeah, always thought Sean Lane sucks. Mm. <laughs> like like Papa- um, and- Isaiah Papali hasn't been as good as he was last year, but he's, yeah. he hasn't been bad. So, yeah, like- I think like Bailey Simonson's been pretty average too, but he was signed to be like a backup winger who's just been... Like they've lost all the other wingers and Wonga Blake. Oh, sorry, Wonga Blake's out. And uh, why have I forgotten the name of the really good wing? Michael Sebo's not back yet. So hard to say there, but I would say probably like Sean Lane or, or Bailey Simonson for one. Yep, totally fair. All right. Uh, some news. Um, the Knights, you mentioned this, but I mean, I don't know how much more you want to spend on it, but the, yeah, the Knights pulled the deal to Ponga, apparently. We, we, Adam O'Brien denied that that's true. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And then his father's met with the Knights again to get that deal put back on the table. But the um, the rumors are from people is that we all saw the tweet as well on Friday. And Friday during the day, the Knights tweeted, you know, major announcement this afternoon. And then like five hours later, deleted that tweet and tweeted something and then did a, a, a tweet about like, sorry, a press release at the renewal of the NRLW coach. Yeah. But uh, yeah. the word was rightly or wrongly, I don't know, but that, that Andre Ponga wanted to, handle that announcement. Remember the couple of years ago, Andre like handled the announcement of Ponga being out for the season. Anyway, and us, and, and again, word again was that that gave them the club, the shit that had enough of that. And they've given so much rope to Ponga and his family since they've had him there. And they said that was enough and apparently pulled the deal. And he still has two options in his favor, but yeah, I'm, and the rumor on uh, during the game that came out was that they were pulling that deal and going to chase Cam Munster, which I think is a genius thing if they did that. But I still reckon, He'll just figure it out. I reckon Ponga will resign there. Just, just sign them both. That'd be cool. Yeah, but it's just like the way the involvement of his father, like his his dad works there in some. I just don't think many other clubs are going to give them that. No, 
literal, literal jobs for the boys. Um, yeah. I want to sign Munster. I mean, yeah, that would be about the first time the Storm lost a player that that like would actually be tough on them. Yeah, I, I kind of want it to well, happen, but but uh, yeah, I mean, Munster is one of those ones where I wanted Brisbane to chase him for years. Still doesn't look like it's happened. We're going to chase him, but it's just quite funny that they've, they've obviously penned a lot of the other guys for longer deals on big money, but. I don't think even the Storm saw the year Munster's having happening because they were offering him a, a, a pay cut. So, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, there might be Manly versus South in America. Can we go? If, if there is. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I just find that article hilarious. We've exhausted every opportunity in Australia apart from Western Australia, South Australia, Tasmania. This- uh, no more multiple parts of Brisbane, um, <laughs> everywhere between Manly and Newcastle. <laughs> like, yeah, we killed off like, revenue chains like our own digital arm, all that kind of stuff. But we've exhausted but, all the revenue opportunities. Yeah, that's it. And then after like last week, and them saying we don't want to be the NFL. Actually, you know what? You don't wouldn't it be bad being the NFL making more money but it's just funny hearing an Australian sporting league saying the result like exhausted all Aussie revenue opportunities and then saying the money's going to go back into grassroots yeah yeah whatever. I mean I'm pro games being traveled traveled around I I'd am love to that. go to a game in America that'd be that'd be sick but it's also like for me again if it was about growth of rugby league if you like think of it for three seconds properly yeah. if you're some random American would you yeah. rather see two teams you've never heard of or two countries play each other Mm. Tough because one. you like, like when the All Blacks play over there, or when we played the Test in the past, they didn't just send over like the New Zealand don't send over the Auckland Blues, you know, send over nations at least. That is when you like, put it like that, yeah, be, yeah. I don't think the Hurricanes versus the Highlanders would have done as well as the All Blacks playing Ireland does over there. Yeah, and it's like you send Australia, New Zealand, tell them it's the two best teams in the comp. Go ahead, but yeah, the comparison to London was quite like it's just the NFL and some they're just quite. Obvious is people who don't fully understand what they're comparing to just going off. But as always, you're not supposed to double check what these people say in rugby league. Of course not. That would be silly. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah uh, I don't know. Like, Lots um, of guys are injured. Everyone's hurt. A lot of, a lot of people got fined. <laughs> a lot of people got fined, including Nathan Cleary and Zach Lomax, who, as we said, got the same amount for grossly different things. Did you say yeah. crush a tackle in the Super League, by the way? Yeah, that was not great. It was real an bad. That's a, that, that's a fucking actual, actual crusher. crusher tackle. Not like leaning um, back into someone. And yeah, then if people haven't seen forward. it, just Google. You'll find I think NRL Physio posted it, so just go on his feed. Um, it's really, really bad. Like, real bad. Um, and yeah. Latrell Mitchell's going to have a knee surgery as well while he's recovering from his hamstring injury. Apparently, I mean, we, we knew the knee, knee was troubling him, and um, apparently that, prob- that might have even contributed to his hamstring issues. So, good to see. Testing news out for 10 weeks, as you said. Connor Watson's going to be out for a month. Throat injury, Car- the old Darren Lockyer fractured cartilage in his throat. Um, yeah. And yeah, a couple of the guys with some. Oh, yeah, Donnie Burns out for another two months. Terrible news for him. Uh, yeah. And ruptured neck for go. Braden Hamio. That's, no, that's not good. Oh, that's not a good one. Like, oh, he's been good for the yeah. Sharks. So that, he has. Yeah, good player. One. All right. Um, have you got anything else to say? Me? No, no, I got a lot off my chest, as, as always. I'm, I'm, ha- I'm happy that you did. Um, personal gripes we... are always, always <laughs> out of there. Uh, before we go, a quick shout out to people on our patrons. It's patreon.com forward slash We have locked in a venue for Magic Round, Mitchell. We've got a meetup settled. We've got a time. We've got a place to be there. You have to be a part of our patron subscription service. Go to patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. Uh, you can access our Discord server. Uh, 
you get to be in next year's Coltrane Cup. You get to nominate rookie takes. You get to have priority at question time. Bunch of other stuff. New merch is on the way. And a special thank you to Chris Dabnell, Dave, Rocky and Rafi Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Anthony Anger, Ben Wallace, Butsy, Cam Beswick, Dan Cullinan, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Frankie, JSG, James K, Jason, Jez, Joel Wrigley, Joey Gooch, Josh Brandon, Josh Tomer 98, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Ferguson, Matty Jenkins, Matthew Duggan, Mike Murray. I still don't like it. Morgan Watkins, mm-hmm. my ding dong is hard and I'm sad, never trendy, party keg, Pete Fulcher, Razor, Wishbound, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Schneider spilled score, Seymour Butt, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Swarzy, Ty, TV, the black vegetable, the human ice cream, mm-hmm. Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, and Woz. Thank you so much for your support. Everyone in the lower tiers, everyone who just listens, thank you as well. All right, we did it. We'll be back in a couple of days with uh, your questions and rookie takes and Coltrane and all that other jazz. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. That's goodbye from me.